Good morning, this is Brian Nuttall. Since 2003, Advanced Basement Systems has prided themselves in their wide variety of home solutions, each designed to repair and upgrade your basement, crawl space, foundation, or other below-grade space to create a dry, healthy home with additional living space. Also on top of all of that is... When you're working with Advanced Basement Systems, they use patented products that only Advanced Basement Systems offers in the London area. Today on the show, we're going to explore some of the most common issues that customers bring to Advanced Basement Systems to remedy. Bowing walls, for example. Settling foundation. And we'll cut through all the white noise when it comes to dehumidifiers. So lots to cover on the show, lots to learn, and lots to be thinking about in terms of your home and its applications. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Brian. Nice day for the travel today. Yeah, as we said, it's almost raining 100% of the time I'm here (laughs) looking out this window, and today it's nice and sunny, and uh, even a basement waterproofer can enjoy some sun. A vintage fall day. We're (laughs) going to start off by talking a little bit about bowing walls. It's a significant problem. It is, and you know what? Um, It's definitely something that occurs more so in homes that have uh, cinder block foundations, opposed to what a lot of homes in London do have, which is poured concrete foundations. That does not mean that a poured concrete foundation can't have a wall that bows inward, but they're just less likely just due to the nature of the way they're built. Um, Blocks are held together by mortar joints and, you know, they're just more susceptible to leaning inward. Even with, uh, you know, for anybody who's in the trade knows that sometimes block walls can be cord filled with rebar. Um, They're still um, able to lean in and and buckle inward. So, yeah, today I'd I think it's something that we need to talk about more because people aren't always so sure about what a bowling wall is, what the... Um, What's the telltale sign? Yeah, what do you first see? exactly. What's the, um, the telltale sign for a bowling wall? Well, in a block wall, you know, if you think about it, the outside earth on the wall is pushing in and the wall can't laterally support it. Um, so it starts to lean inward. So generally... Depending on how much of the wall is, you know, underground, because of course some foundations it's a 50-50 split, but a lot of them it's about 80-90% of the foundation is underground. So about halfway up the wall, generally, you'll see a crack, horizontal, left to right, that will form in one of the mortar joints. And it's not always actually, if you put a level up on it, it's it's pretty pretty flush, pretty plumb, but it, it, you will see that crack form. And then what will start to happen as it worsens is there will be step cracks. And that's like, imagine if you were, you know, when you were a kid and you just drew a, you know, a two-dimensional staircase, right? Well, imagine that going up the mortar joints of the block wall. So as you get closer to the corners of the wall, right? You have to think about it. Well, the wall is weakest in the middle because it's furthest away from lateral support. And the lateral support is the other two perpendicular walls at either end of it holding it up. So of course, the wall is much stronger at that point. So it won't be leaning in. So those step cracks will begin to open up further as the middle of the wall, of course, opens up further as well. So that would be stage two of a bowing wall. Stage one is the horizontal crack forming. Stage two is the steps crack, the step cracks. They're forming and opening up. And stage three is something that a lot of people don't even know exists, and that's called shearing. And shearing is when the second course of block or second row of block of the foundation wall at the bottom starts to slide over the first course of block. And people say, well, why won't the first course of block slide in? Well, it's being laterally supported by the floor. And when you look at a block wall, you can usually only see a portion of that first course of block. So the second course of block actually starts to shear, slide right over 
the first. And, you know, the rest of the wall is usually coming with it, too. So stage three, if you have stage three going on in your house, um, well, there's only one stage left. And, and, that, and that stage is, uh, what was that sound? Is what you're going to say because the whole wall is going to come in, and we probably see one or two homes a year where that that has actually happened. Really? Yep. And uh, yeah, it's lit- it's like you would imagine because the they wall all ignored stage one, two, and three. Yeah. Well, stage like the problem is, is stage one can happen and stay like that for 25 years, and then in a matter of 10 years, it'll it can change. Hmm. So, what we're trying to do is we go into these homes for waterproofing calls. Um, some pump calls and we see these Boeing walls and we, we let people know and we write it on their proposal because people usually keep that stuff. And that way, I'm not saying they're looking at it like every month. I know that, but it's something that we've said. We've, we, it's in our recommendations. We do recommend the minimum monitoring this wall, maybe even benchmarking it. And then, uh, we can go from there because we can help you with stage one. We can help you with stage two. Those are the same applications. Stage three, slightly different application, but within the same ballpark, Stage four, it is not fun. You do not want to have to rebuild a wall. And even if it hasn't collapsed in, if you have a very old foundation, if you're listening and you have an old farmhouse or just a foundation that's just very you know old and weak and you know it's not in the best condition, it can be very hard to fix those. A lot of the times they need replacing. So if you let a bad wall to begin with get even worse through lateral pressure and the wall leaning, buckling inward, and it has to be rebuilt, that's a whole other world of... Uh, of application and it's not it's not a fun thing condensation starts taking over too yeah so what can happen is now you just have these huge gaps in the foundation and condensation in the basement is is an issue to begin with but you know we sort of talked before the show with with windows and condensation and things and if you have a finished basement it can be tough to tell if the wall is bowing in or not and i don't know how much time we have before the break but i can give you some very quick and easy ways to check that out uh, also, very quickly, sorry, I didn't say what happens if you have a bowing wall with a port foundation. And basically what happens is if you're standing in front of your wall looking at it and the the, the right bottom corner and the left bottom corner, the crack will form diagonally and it'll come up from the bottom corners and it, the diagonal will obviously go towards the middle of the wall. And that's sort of a telltale sign for your poured wall. But if you have a finished wall, you can't tell. Windows. Windows will start to kick out at the bottom. They'll lean in a little bit, uh, particularly on block foundations. That's how you'll see them. That's a way to know. If you have a drop ceiling, the first row of tile around the perimeter of the of the ceiling, you'll see the tiles start to misshape and actually kind of buckle themselves sometimes. Well, why is that happening? Well, and one of my favorite ways, and people seem to think this is like a magic trick. So, excuse me, you go outside. Um, you take a tape measure and most homes, not all homes, but most homes, the siding or the brick overhangs the foundation by a couple of inches. It sticks out further. So if you measure the distance from the overhang of the brick to the block wall on the corner, and let's say it's two and a half inches and you go to the middle of the wall and it's four inches or two in- inches and three quarters or three inches, what's the, the distance is greater in the middle. That means the wall is further away, which means it's bowing in. So that's a neat little trick that you can do as well. But yes, when it comes to the Boeing walls, uh, you're more susceptible to leakage, more air, outside air is getting in, windows, the the caulking around windows tends to rip and tear and wears away anyway. And you do get more outside air and you do get um, greater chance of condensation and just overall uh, 
makes the basement more unusable than what it was. Which just all reinforces the fact that our home really is a system. All of these things are interconnected. And when you get one significant problem, like a Boeing wall, then you do get a domino effect, which can, if not addressed, become that much more costly. Yeah, absolutely. Boeing walls is one of those things where it will get more expensive the longer you leave it. Waterproofing is like, okay, well, one wall's leaking now. It's leaking a little bit. It's leaking a lot. You got to waterproof it. And it is what it is. It's priced by the linear foot. But if you have a wall that you've allowed to start shearing, yeah, it can start to cost you more money. Um, And then, of course, too, like you let it get so bad to the point where, you know, it's the little things that you just know by the trade. I just did a job for a friend, his grandfather in the uh, Windsor area. And if he didn't let it get so bad, he wouldn't have had to move all these other things because we had to do so much extra work to the wall. We had to move the hot water tank. We had to move the sink, the plumbing, you know, and it was all these. And it, what? At the end of the day, it didn't cost him that much more money, but it's a pain in the butt, right? So, yeah, the sooner you can address a, address a structural issue, whether it's a sagging floor, you know, you have a crawl space, a main beam, support posts in the basement that have kind of had their time, they need to be replaced. All that stuff needs to be acted on as soon as possible. Why don't we go through the different repairs then? Uh, Let's begin with stage one then. They're interested in solving the problem right now. Mm -hmm. What do you at Advanced Basement Systems do for them at that stage? Okay, so for stage one, which is just, you know, you know the wall is leaning and we want to make sure this doesn't happen um, or the wall caves in or gets worse. So there's, there's an application that we wouldn't put on any wall that's getting worse than that, and that's carbon fiber strapping. And that's something that a lot of people are familiar with. We do actually have a patented product from our supplier, SupportWorks, um, that's called Carbon Armor, and that is a system that we uh, can uh, bolt into the header board, which is the wood above the foundation. So that can be used. Um, with that, you can stabilize the foundation, but you cannot correct the foundation. You can't push it back anymore, but it will hold it in place. So it's actually a bit of a it's, – it's, it's simple to put up, but it is quite a bit of work. Not like a lot of mess, but it's just per strap that we put up. We have to clean the wall and make sure everything's good, and then we apply the solution and then the carbon fiber strapping and so on and so forth. So that's stage one. Yeah. For stage one, also you can use what we use for stage two and three, but it would be sometimes overkill. But not necessarily. So for stage two, we don't recommend um, using the carbon fiber because most people do want to try and push the wall back. So what we have, option one, uh, interior-only application, again, patented, called the power brace. Uh, not a huge steel I-beam, but a, a sizable steel I-beam. Um, I would say it's probably five inches off the wall, so not not overly large. And these steel I-beams get uh, bolted with a... Um, well, sorry, it gets bolted into the footing and also gets bolted into the floor joist system. And we have a new bridge bracket that we're using that spans the load across two floor joists. And we have a patented uh, tightening application where we usually can't push it straight on the first day that we're there, um, especially if there's a lot of water, moisture content in the soil on the outside. But we can torque that straight over time generally. If you want to guarantee that we're going to push the wall straight, we have to excavate it, of course. But with this application, the thing that people like is you don't have to do it from the outside. Um, So these go in. Uh, Usually we do them two and a half feet off the corners and five and a half feet in between uh, each brace. So, you know, really depends on the wall. So that's the power brace is an application interior only for people who have the stage two, stage three. Um, If you do have shearing, like I said, in stage three, we can use the power brace. Just takes a slightly different approach, um, but nothing too complicated. And um, 
The other thing is called the Geolock Wall Anchor. And this is an exceptional product. And what we have here is we, um, depending on how many you need, we either auger or dig a trench on the outside a minimum of 12 feet away from the basement wall. And if we have time, and if I remember, I'll explain why that's important. <laughs> so the, the first thing we do once the holes are dug or the trench is dug is we drive threaded rods. Okay. And they're six feet length in each. So you need two of them to get 12 feet away from the house. So we drive those either with a jackhammer on its side or with a pneumatic gun through the foundation wall all the way out until the rod comes out into the hole on the outside. And to make it very simple and put into layman's terms, um, you can just imagine the name wall anchor. So we have an earth plate that goes over that threaded rod into the trench or the hole. And it has uh, basically, for lack of a better word, some teeth on it. And we put a nut on it and we do a, a wall plate on the inside and it doesn't have teeth. It's just a flat surface, kind of like a cross. Um, and if you go onto our website, you can see the geolock wall anchors. And basically we torque each end of them and it will straighten the wall out. It certainly will stop the wall, but generally straighten it out over time. And uh, then you backfill the hole. And for finished basements, we have vinyl covers that you can put over on the inside. It's a very simple application. Um, and for walls that are shearing, we have the channels. And this is a, a hybrid of the power brace and the wall anchor. So the wall anchor doesn't incorporate any any latching on to the footing or to the floor joist system. But if the wall is shearing, you know, when you see a picture of the wall anchor, this will make sense. But it's only addressing the middle middle of the wall. So it can pull that wall back. But if the wall is shearing at the bottom, it won't address that. So what we have is a wall anchor that is a C-channel that runs down and bolts into the footing like the power brace would. But also has the um, part of the wall anchor where it does attach itself to that threaded rod that has been driven through the earth. So that's the two options uh, there. Obviously, stage four where the wall collapsed, you have to rebuild. But very quickly, the reason we have to put it 12 feet minimum away from the house is because there's, I'm going to get, make this really quick. So there's, there's sandy soil and there's clay soil. Clay soil is heavier than sand, right? So that goes into the equation here of the active wedge and the active wedge of soil is basically a calculation in, that comes off of the footing and angles itself upwards. It's always an acute angle. It's never obtuse. So that angle, okay, that imaginary line coming off the bottom of your footing, that V shape, the bottom of the earth plate on the outside that we install also has an angle. So if the angle off of the footing is X, mm-hmm. X equals Y, which is the angle coming off of the bottom of the earth plate. If those lines cross before they reach where the ground stops, so grade, you're going to have a failure plane and you're going to retransfer the load. So you're, because what you're doing, right, is you're, is you're holding on to the earth. That's your grip and you're torquing that wall back straight. Well, if you come too close and you hold that earth, you're just going to pull the whole thing right back into the house. So that is what the power of a company like, because we've seen it where people go 10 feet out. Guys do this their own DIY way and they go 10 feet out, 15 feet out, or I'm sorry, 10 or eight feet out. And yeah, you can retransfer the whole load of that earth right back into the wall of the house and make it far more worse. So with, with such incredible detail, you've addressed clearly a problem that many experience, many may not even be aware of, the Boeing wall scenario stages one through, and you do not want to hit number four. 
We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about settling foundation because you just touched on that and the soils uh, absolutely have a major impact on what you're borrowing into. And we'll also get through to the the, uh, the dehumidifiers as well and what Advanced Basement Systems has because they're unique in this regard. You can call for a free foundation and inspection estimate. Give them a call toll free at one 888 Presented this uh, Sunday morning by Advanced Basement Systems. Ben Bates is here, the number one basement waterproofing company in southwestern Ontario. This year, celebrating their 15th anniversary. They've been doing it a while now, and they have been impacting Londoners and those in Chatham and Windsor, and they really have southwestern Ontario covered. And, you know, when you think about a wet basement, it's the number one reason why buyers turn away from a home that should end up on the market. And your detail about bowing walls and subsequent windows just speaks to all the more reason to come to Advanced Basement Systems because your experience and your expertise is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, thank you. And we believe that, you know, the awards we've won, um, you know, we kind of have just picked up some awards and it, it's it's we won the BBB Integrity Award. And I think that stuff is all great. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, the old saying, what, what, what you do when nobody is looking is really what counts. And I think... You know, for a a homeowner looking to hire a contractor, you have the basic things like WSIB and, you know, workers comp and all that stuff. But what about like the little things, the little things that might never happen, but companies take the precautions just in case they do like, you know, wheel checks, the those green arrows you see on city buses. You know what those are for is to notify people when they do their daily inspections if a lug nut is coming loose. If a lug nut comes off of your truck, chances are the whole tire will, which is an immediate $100,000 fine and likely you're going to kill somebody. So, you know, we do things like that. Um, okay, well, that's great. What impacts me, the homeowner? Well, Every week, our team of inspectors, right, the ones who come out and do the the quotes, we train once a week, every week. And I'm the guy who makes the meetings. That's a lot of work, right? So a lot goes into that. Um, we believe in camaraderie. We believe in training. We believe in, you know, doing the awkward role plays. Like, what do you do when someone says this or that? And we we practice. We drive. We go away to our suppliers. One of them's in Connecticut. One of them's in Omaha, Nebraska. Neither of those places are closed. And we drive and we take team members there and we we do the training and we believe in we believe more is possible, right? We have a third floor in our building. It's 1,800 square feet. It's vacant. It needs insulation. It needs ducting for heating and cooling. It needs new windows. It needs everything. And we're working towards growing. You know, we have 40 people. There's nobody, there's no one that does as much wet basement crawl space repair as us, right? Doesn't matter what kind of average, because I know what's out there. There's the largest basement waterproofer in London is Advanced Basement Systems, period. So, And to beware of those who may do similar work but may cut corners potentially just to get you in yeah. budget. Or maybe you're out of Toronto and subcontract people in London. So we don't subcontract. We have people who live and play in London and we have people who live and play in Chatham. And we work full time. And the people who come and do your work are not subcontractors coming from a company out of Toronto. We're a London company and this is the city that uh, took our business from five people to 35 people and it's going to – it's going to be the main the main city that takes us to 105 people as well. London has served you well, but at the same time, you've served London well, and the reviews speak for themselves. And you can go online, forestcitybasement.com, and see the multitude, without exaggerating, of satisfied customers who have come to Ben and his team because they know that it's all things basementy. You can call for a free foundation and inspection estimate right now. We're into October, but now's the time to call one 888 Coming back, we'll talk more about settling foundation, and we'll also talk about dehumidifiers, too. Lots to cover with Ben from Advanced Basement Systems on 980 CFPL.
With Brian Nuttall, and good morning. Welcome to our expert show. We're live to air with Ben Bates from Advanced Basement Systems. You can give them a call for a free foundation and inspection estimate. We'll give you the toll-free number in just a moment. Also, be sure and visit them online, too, and check out the before and after pics as well. This is a unique company that continues to grow and advance, as in Advanced Basement Systems, right here in London. They use patented products that only Advanced Basement Systems offers in in a, a very immense network, Ben. It is. Yeah, we have two suppliers that were once one on basement systems, which is waterproofing, crawl space, sump pumps. That's out of Connecticut. And Support Works, which is out of Omaha, Nebraska. And that is the concrete lifting, uh, structural, bowing wall, you know, uh, mm-hmm. side of things. So, yeah, there's about 295 dealers in one and about 400 or two. I can't remember. But there's, yeah, there's a lot. So we actually rank number just for basement systems. Um we were 36th in the world. So in, in, our, in our condo, uh, we have what I may think is uh, quite a common issue uh, in the basement by the patio doors, a little bit of surface crumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a huge thing when people aren't sure if it's it could be aesthetic, it could be structural. And there's one thing for sure. The problem with structural issues is the soil. So that will almost lead you to the bottom of the foundation every time. So usually if it's at the top, I can tell you, there's not a lot that you should be concerned about. Parging can crumble. Uh, concrete can just, in general. You call it pitting. Yeah, that's the and that's not a word that I've ever used, but I heard someone use that. And I'm, I, yeah, I believe that's the term. And it's just basically the aggregate within the concrete itself starts to, so the stone starts to show itself a little bit. But yeah, it can be a bad pour. It can just be a certain section that's being weathered and it's completely fine. But, you know, this whole settling foundation thing, it can happen to a building um, that's commercial, residential. It can be slab on grade. It can be a basement. It can be a crawl space. It can be anything. Um, and what a settling foundation is, it's just like settling sinking concrete. The house is sinking. So the soil underneath the concrete that bears the weight of all the home is settling uh, or there's been a void created. So what is that piece of concrete? Well, of course, it's the first piece of concrete, like I said, that's poured, which is the footing. And the footing... Um, is what the walls are built on, and that usually, if it's a newer home and made <laughs> properly, the footing bears the weight of some of the floor as well. And um, when that footing starts to drop, what do you start to see? What do you start to notice in your house? Well, there's some very blurred lines here, and I, I want to make it as clear as possible. So if you have a dirt floor crawl space, chances are at some point somewhere in the house, you're going to have a beam or the the beam, hopefully, there's only one, um, or some of the floor joists that start to sag. The moisture that will get into them is inevitable. It, it will cause some sagging here and there, which could cause some of the, um, uh, you know, signs that I'm about to describe for a settling foundation. But the kind of rule of thumb here is if your floors are sloped, if you put a marble on the floor, does it roll towards the middle or does it roll towards the yes, outside yes. wall. So if it rolls towards the outside wall, chances are it's a settling foundation. And if it rolls towards the middle, chances are it's a load bearing, um, you know, likely a beam um, that's sinking. So in the case of a foundation uh, settling, types of things you notice, doors and windows don't open and close as easily as they used to, sometimes not at all. And this can be hard to see, especially with lighter paint colors. So what you need to do is take a flashlight, which is basically your cell phone now, and shine it close up to the drywall or the plaster 
off of the corners of the frames of the doors and the windows. And chances are you will see little tiny hairline cracks. If you've recently purchased a home, okay, uh-huh, there's a little trick people do. Uh, they paint these things right up and they only paint the corners, right? So you put a flashlight, you'll see the new paint. Just put a good flashlight up to it and you'll see a lot. If you're looking at buying a house, this goes for anybody, bring a flashlight with you. You don't have to be a home inspector. Beam it on the wall. Absolutely. Put it on the corners, off the corners of the doors and the windows. And if you're seeing patches of, because people patch the drywall too, that's not good. So, okay, I'm looking at a house or I'm looking at my house. And now I've seen off the corner of the door, there's a little crack. It's about nine inches long hairline. Couldn't even fit a dime into it. Couldn't even fit half the width of a dime into it. So you're going to want to go outside, and a lot of homes are brick nowadays. Um, This is easy to see. Same thing as the bowling wall situation, those step cracks where it follows the mortar joints. Imagine, I want you to just imagine a corner of a house sinking or one side of a house sinking, and then think about how that would look. It's peeling away, so the cracks are usually thicker and wider at the top than the bottom. So look, where, where would that affect? So if this corner is sinking... Well, it would start on the bottom and it would work its way further away from that corner. Look at the mortar joints. See if there's been any tuck pointing done. That's so easy to see. The mortar joints are darker than the other ones. What is going on here? Why is this happening? Ask your realtor uh, or ask, you know, your neighbors if you're if you're newer to the area or maybe, you know, you've lived there for 10 years and you're just noticing this now. You know, what, what are you built on? If you're built on sand or if someone says, oh, yeah, geez, you know, they built on backfill here. Chances are it's settlement. And, uh, hey, a lot of houses do settle and then they never move again. But if you're noticing Would cracks, you say that all homes? All, no. No. Absolutely not. And that's a big misconception you'll hear from people. All homes settle. It's natural. Boulder dash. Absolutely not. Um, if your home was built well and the soil has uh, not been a uh, stickler and it's negotiated, uh, hopefully, then, yeah, you won't have any problems. But um, basement floor cracks. If you, you can walk on them with your feet, even with your shoes on, and you can feel if, if you know, they're, they're starting to push up a little bit because the floor is going down with the footing, if those cracks are getting wider, things like that. But all of a sudden, a door and a window doesn't stick. And I'm not talking about contraction and expansion as, you know, we're going to go through contraction right now. You're going to notice that your crown molding and your baseboard sealant, the caulking, might start pulling away, and then it goes back to normal in the summer. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real things that are changing. You know, that floor seems to be sloping. Has it always been like this? Why does that window not open as well anymore? Why is there a crack in the in the brick outside? If you have a, a house with siding, it is a bit trickier to tell. You do have to rely more on what's going on the inside. Brick, it, though, gives it away. It does. And if you're handy, and I try and cater to people who this is complete Greek, and for people who are in the trade, if you have a laser level, you can go around your house and you can measure down. If you even go into the basement and you have a block foundation, you can measure from the mortar joints down. And if it's not the same, you know, if you're noticing a pattern and it lines with what you're seeing upstairs on the main floor, these are some ways that you can figure it out yourself. At the end of the day, you do need someone like us to come out and uh, and confirm it. And then from there, you know, this is the type of work that you would need a permit for and to get a permit you need a, an engineered drawing so we have a, at least half a dozen engineers in the area that we work with um, so we can get that done for you have the engineering drawing done and uh, submit it get the permit and then off we go and really when you look on our website so long as the home is built properly we can either do a push pier or a helical pier application a little bit too complicated for me to try and articulate um, you know you can check it out online helical or push piers and uh 
yeah, we can fix it. It's not a problem for you. And very quickly, you know, another reason to work with advanced basement systems is the gentleman who runs this uh, side of our business, and his name is Bilal Hashem. Mm. And uh, he's uh, originally from Montreal, uh, grew up in uh, that area, worked in Toronto. Um, he's an exceptional man. I got to tell you, uh, we're lucky lucky to have him. I think he speaks four or five languages, uh, French, English, Arabic, Spanish, some Portuguese. A very, very intelligent man, has his construction technologies degree. He's basically an engineer without the degree. He's he's incredibly smart. And, you know, the thing that I think people appreciate most about Bilal, because you have someone like Adam Mayer, who's one of our reps here in London. He would come out. This is what's going on. This is how many peers we're going to need. And then Bilal. He takes it. Bilal would oversee mm-hmm. um, as the production crew comes in and does the work. And Bilal is so very clear on what it is you're getting, what it is you're not getting, and he treats everybody the same way in that he tells them what he would do to hit if it were his house. And he's very, very clear. He doesn't beat around the bush, and I think he's an exceptional man and uh, very, very good to work with. So if for nothing else, the opportunity to work with someone like Bilal on your home um, is a reason to, to bring our company on board. Absolutely. He's on the right team, and I think there's a reason why he, with all of the credentials that Ben just articulated, is with Advanced Basement Systems. The toll-free number for all things basementy is one 488 0074. That's one 488 0074 We'll have a little bit more on the fix to settling foundation, and then we'll get into dehumidifiers. Coming up next... For Advanced Basement Systems is on 980 CFPL. With Brian Ott along with Ben Bates from Advanced Basement Systems, you'll find them online at forestcitybasement.com. We're at the 14th of October. What is the reality check for those who are looking to call Ben and get some work done? Well, um, we are still very busy and we're very particular about the people we bring on board so we don't just go on mass hiring sprees. Um, We've got about... Nine inspectors right now, which is a lot in the in this industry. Um, so for an estimate is a little painful for me to say. We are booked out a little bit further than what I'm comfortable with, which is about a month. Um, if you want work done by Christmas, you need to call this week okay. um, for sure. Unless it's like a very, you know, if it's a very small, if you want a new sump pump, if you want a battery backup for your sump pump, if you have a hairline crack in the wall that needs to be filled, you know, a dehumidifier, we can get those in a, you know, a week or two. But Main projects, you know, waterproofing, crawl space encapsulation, um, things like that. Yeah, you need to move very, very quickly. Um, We are probably pretty much booked up for November because what happens is the the projects that take two to five days take up gaps. So we have some one-day gaps here and there. Um, We can get larger projects done in a day. We just – we call it a super crew. Mm -hmm. We send a crew of four to five people instead of two or three. And you want to watch people work – um, go to a job where we have a super crew. It is when we when we hire new inspectors, they are mandated to work with these guys for a couple of days, and they just can't even fathom the uh, the work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get it done, and they get it done fast. And the way they get paid, the 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 foreman on that job site, it's contingent on good results. And if you as the customer are unhappy if something was missed. I mean, it's very clear on the contract what we're doing, what we're not doing for them. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it impacts their bottom line too. So they take it seriously. If you have a settling foundation issue, it's not too soon to call because get it addressed, give them a call toll free. But with the engineering involved, you mentioned Blau, we could be looking at spring and getting it done. Yep, absolutely. And for a lot of people too, I think they like spring. This is what happens now is, so this happens in the beginning of the year, uh, April, May, people, because 
you know, you think, oh, we're booked out. We're booked out three weeks. It's not too bad. You know, we like to be booked out a month for, for work. That's healthy. Backlog for business. Yep. But what happens, it happens every year and it catches us every year. People fill up September, October back in April and May. And then we get to this point where we're like, oh, wow, <laughs> look how much work we have that we mm-hmm. forgot about. But um, I, I wouldn't say forgot. But this happens this time of year now for spring, particularly when it comes to structural work, because you can't really do that excavation that's necessary um, for structural work during the winter months. So you'll see April, May will fill up quite a bit for that. So if you do have that settling foundation, you know that you're, you're, you want to get it addressed. Um, then yeah, you should uh, you should move on that quickly because you know at the end of the day we have good relationships with engineers, mm-hmm. but we're we're can, we're we're uh, it's contingent on their schedule. Uh, anything to do with a, a city, I know London hums along pretty nicely compared to a lot of other municipal areas, <laughs> but um, yeah, that can take a couple of weeks. And at the end of the day, you're like between you know the visit with Adam or Carl or Tom or Sam, one of our inspectors, to actually shoveling ground can can be a bit of time based on other people's schedules aren't you glad you brought on more people for london given how it's grown even just since i met you for the first time yeah i it and having the office here is yeah i mean it's it's hard for me because i go into that entrepreneurial mind where you know you think like we have an office in chatham we have a twenty thousand square foot facility on three acres and that services us it serves us great for Chatham and surrounding area, Windsor, Essex, Sarnia, and everywhere in between. But, you know, we could – the sky is the limit. I, I see us with, you know, just another 20,000 square feet in London and servicing this whole area and maximizing the, the customer service that people in places like Ingersoll, you know, get that are just – you know, they're, they're London's little brother, right? And then, of course, a huge area for us is Huron County, and those people get neglected too. And, and we work there, but, you know – it's just not as perfect as what it could be if yeah. we were even more dedicated. Yeah. I guess is what yeah. You're so that's that is the goal. Let me tell you what you know. The fifteen hundred square feet we have in a uh, in a you know one of those plazas here where there's like two hundred businesses. That is not uh, that's not the vision, man. I'll tell you, we're looking to get some big property, make a big building, and have full time people working in London and Chatham every single day. So when we get to 80, 90 employees, that's what you're going to see from us. But all of that is built on one job at a time. Yeah, that's all it is, right? Because if someone's unhappy with you, then you lost. You you know, that customer, they, they're they not going to be waving your flag, right? So at the end of the day, are you going to make everybody happy? No, there's it's impossible, right? So it doesn't matter what happens. Um, I mean, you still have people that say Toronto Maple Leafs aren't a good hockey team. So, <laughs> but uh, it's um, one of those things. Yeah, you make someone happy. It's not even about necessarily in contracting. This kind of makes me sad. I think we go the extra mile, but at the end of the day, for people, it's not even about going the extra mile. It's like show up on time, do what you said you were going to do. Don't spike my job. Spiking jobs are when you say you can start really soon, but then you stop and then don't come back for another month. So we don't do that, and and just finish the job. Finish the job like like within a day or two of what you said you would. And ours is pretty much to the day every time. And I think if you can do that as a contractor, like show up, show up as a contractor, you're you're in the 1% of, of, of good businesses. Can't talk about dehumidifiers until we talk about humidity. And that's coming up next with Advanced Basement Systems. Toll-free 1-888-488-0074. As Ben just mentioned, if you're looking for specific jobs, some of which can be done before the end of this year, but it's best to call them now. Best to call them this week. Advanced Basement Systems at one 488 0074 
We've covered a lot of bases here because we're tapping in on the experts to the expertise of Advanced Basement Systems and uh, Ben Bates. They only use patented products, and I emphasize that a lot because it really is a series of products that are only available by way of Advanced Basement Systems through their huge uh, network. We can't talk about dehumidifiers until we talk, uh, importantly, about humidity and its impact on a home. Yep. Absolutely. You know, we have two dehumidifiers, so we'll get to those. One of them is the Basement Systems Dehumidifier, and another one's by a beautiful company out of Wisconsin called April Air. And um, so I was just training um, someone about humidity, and I, you can't see me. You can't, uh, you know, you can't see my hands or, or anything like that. I'm a hand talker, so I'm going to do my best to explain this to you. So humidity, all right, is a problem in a basement for most basements. Always a problem in a crawl space. Um, too much to talk about there. We're going to talk about basements, but it's essentially the same thing. So outside air, okay, is generally, generally, it's always in the summer and spring and, and typically a lot of the autumn too, is, is a bit warmer than a basement. Mm-hmm. Basements are always cool, right? They're nice to sleep in in the summer because they're cool, they're dark, that type of place. So hotter air, warmer air is larger in size than cooler air. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know any of the terms of the trade, but hot air is bigger than cold air. That's easy to follow. So imagine a two-liter pop bottle and imagine a one-liter pop bottle. Hotter air is the two-liter. So what can it hold more of? Liquid, water, moisture, right? So houses breathe from the bottom, as in the basement, up. It's called the stack effect. So houses breathe. If you open a window in a basement, it's going to suck suck air in typically. And then it breathes up from there. So 50% of the air that you're breathing on floor number one comes from the lower level. So if you have a dirt floor crawl space and uh, you have the out of sight, out of mind theory, uh, yeah, think about that. So 50% of that air. And then it goes up to the second floor, up into the attic and breathes out the roof, vent, roof vents. So when you have a stinky, musty basement, that's why you can smell it upstairs. So what's happening is this big two liter bottle, right, is uh, we'll say 80 degree hair, air at uh, 80% relative humidity. That means 80% of that two liter bottle is filled with liquid, 80%. That air waddles its way in through, you know, poorly insulated headers or windows that need replacing. And now it's in your basement where your basement is in 80 degrees. It's 65, we'll say. Now this is science. I know this. For every degree you cool the air, for every one degree you cool the air, the relative humidity rises by 2.2%. So if you take 80 degree air and you bring it down 15 degrees, okay, and it, it is. and it had, you know, 80% of its air uh, filled with water, right? 80% relative humidity. So what's going to happen? Well, imagine, take the lid off that bottle and squeeze it down to the size of a one liter pop bottle. What's going to happen? The water, the fluid is going to come out, right? The moisture is going to come out. And in layman's terms, basically, that is condensation. And that's why when it's a hot, humid day, you go downstairs and your air conditioning or your ducts, um, sorry, your air conditioning ducts or um, pipes or anything like that that's cool, it has moisture all over it. It's condensing, right? There's water all over it. Um, this is the problem. That is humidity. So keeping in mind, humidity comes in through the basement generally a lot of the time in the crawl space and goes up through the whole house. You can't have a dehumidifier that blows the air that it's dehumidified, redistributes that air with a computer fan, it's not enough. You need to treat the whole basement. This, I know it seems 
backwards, but you need an elephant gun for this squirrel. Mm-hmm. Okay? I know it seems like you don't need much, but you need something proper. You need a system. You need something that hums, something with a blower motor in it. It doesn't have to be like absurdly loud. There's beautiful units out there. So we're talking about moving two to 300 cubic feet of air a minute. That's what it's going to take to do this. And Ben say, well, people say, well, Ben, how is ridiculous? Like, you know, when you look at these dehumidifiers, they're not that big, but they're not cheap. You know, you can get a good dehumidifier at any big box store for three or $400. Well, dehumidifiers suffer from performance curve big time because they are tested. And this is every dehumidifier, even ours. So when you buy a dehumidifier and it says 49 pints of water per day, that is tested and rated in a chamber that is 80 degrees with 60% relative humidity. Do you know how easy it is for the worst dehumidifier in the world to dehumidify 80 degree air? It's like, it's ridiculous, right? So it's, it, you know, the best kid on a peewee hockey team can score goals against other peewee kids, but put him up into, you know, juvenile or bantam, he's going to have a harder time. So when you, when you make it more challenging, i.e. like 65 degree air, what's really in a basement, right? Maybe with uh, 65% relative humidity, 70% relative humidity, mold grows over 60%. You need a unit that can treat more air, move more air, have stronger, beefier components, um, and at the end of the day, through some serious, serious, long, long testing, uh, we've, we've established through April Air, through basement systems, that for your standard two to $350, $400 dehumidifier unit that you would buy from any sort of big box store, you would need about eight of those to match one actual basement systems uh, dehumidifier or an April Air dehumidifier. So I, I can't say enough about it. They are also incredibly cheap to run. You're looking at a standard dehumidifier uh, per pint of water. It's going to cost you about 15 cents, 13 cents. A good one, maybe 10 cents. Our units are running at a cost of about 3 cents per pint. They are an investment. They're not thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, they're under $2,000, but they are a game changer. You put one of these things in your home, you'll notice the difference. And uh, I think... Uh, Everybody who has one of our units is 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 just blown away by what it really can do. Advanced Basement Systems has been a game changer in London. Always a pleasure to have you on here. Fastest hour on London radio. We we'll look forward to having you back again. Thank you so much. And have a great rest of your weekend.